I'm Megan Hale, and you're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good podcast on creating joy in life, work, and love. Join me every Monday and Thursday for practical tools that speak to the soul to create a life you love. Hi, sisters. It's Transformational Thursday, and I have a beautiful interview for you today. One of my favorite things about doing interviews on the podcast is I have no idea where the conversation is going to lead. Um, all of my guests, before they come on, I just tell them, like, this would be a very organic conversation. I'm going to let conversation really lead us to where it wants to go. And I'm really, really so grateful that both of my guests today, first of all, this is my first joint um, interview. I've never interviewed two people at once before, so that was kind of cool. But also, I had no idea that we were going to be talking about friendship um, the way that we did. And so I'm really, really grateful that these girls show up fully, which I knew that they would. But to be able to talk about how these two have come together, I mean, you just get a sense for how monumental these two girls have been for one another, not only professionally, but also personally, and getting kind of the inside scoop of how they balance all of this um, to stay best friends as well as partners in crime professionally is a really awesome treat. So I'm really excited to share this with you. So I'm talking to Brie and Thais. Thais has actually been a guest on the show before, and I'll link to her, um, her solo interview in the show notes, so make sure you check that out. But Brie and Thais have formed this movement called the Amplify Collective. So they're two inspirational leaders in Los Angeles dedicated to radically changing the way creative, ambitious women connect, engage, and inspire through their movement, the Amplify Collective. Their unnetworking events are building community, fostering dialogue, and powerfully up-leveling the way women show up in their life and business throughout the United States. Together, Thais and Brie are a force to be reckoned with and are providing women a powerful space to be amplified so they can change the world. I definitely want you to check out the show notes because I've linked to um, an article that was written about them in Forbes. These girls are making waves for how women connect with one another. And if there's anything that I know that is like completely transformative to how we experience our lives and how we experience our businesses, how we go after our dreams, it's a support system of sisters that we have around us. So make sure you check them out. And I just can't wait to share this conversation on sisterhood and business and friendship and everything in between. So without further ado, here is Brie and Thais. Welcome back to the Enoughness Revolution, everyone. I have a repeat guest with me today, Thais. I'm so excited that you're back. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and we have also brought your partner in crime, Bree Seely. Bree, I'm so pumped that you're here with us, too. Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. So for all of my listeners, Thais and Brie collectively um, are the Amplified Collective. So I am really excited for y'all to talk about y'all's mission in the world and how y'all's mission is starting to create more joy for yourself. So who wants to take the reins on explaining the Amplified Collective? I'll go. Uh, so 
when I was in your podcast last, Megan, I was talking specifically about my business and I do have my own business as a women's leadership coach and Brie has her own business as a transformational coach. We do very similar things. You know, she's a speaker, author, all that good stuff. So am I, we both do group coaching, you know, in many ways people see us as direct competitors. Um, and so when we had the idea of creating these gatherings for women, people looked at us like we were crazy. Like, are you serious to coming together with your competitor to create a second business? That seems for many people to be absolutely bonkers. But for Brie and for me, it just felt so good. And it just started with a dinner party. It started with one gathering, one opportunity for women to come together and just hang out and get to know each other on a more real basis than the traditional networking that we've been seeing that's just so god-awful. Mm -hmm. um, and then that, that dinner party led to a next one and the next one. And pretty soon we've had, what, Brie, like six dinner parties or seven dinner parties before we realized that maybe a movement um, cannot be created with only serving 14 women a month. And that's how the Amplify Collective was born. We have a membership for women who want to get greater support and community. We do mixers and dinner parties and like four events a month here in LA. And we've just been growing, growing, growing very quickly. I love that. You know, for me, I'm a military spouse. And so we move around a lot. And because of that, I'm always finding myself in, in new cities, new cultures, and really missing you know, a group of girlfriends, a group of women that I really connect with and identify with. And I feel like what you guys are doing is you're really helping like-minded women connect. And I know for me, like that is such a huge part of having just more joy in my life, of feeling more grounded, of feeling like I have support. I, I feel like that's an, almost in our DNA as women to need other women. So I love that what y'all are doing. Now tell me, is it is it more of a local movement right now? And are y'all thinking of, of expanding this? Yes. So right now we're based in LA because we both have the belief that if you cannot master one thing, you cannot master anything. Mm -hmm. So we're really focused on, you know, LA and really getting the concept nailed down. Like what works, yeah. what doesn't work? How are we showing up as leaders? You know, if we have it in other cities, who do the leaders in other cities need to be in order to make this work? And so right now we are only focused on LA and we are focused on totally, completely conquering this city. Like for real. And we're going to own LA. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then uh, we, in fact, just this morning, a woman text messaged me. She said, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while. And I said, great. She goes, good. When is Amplify coming to New York City? Oh, I love it. No, I love it. All the women we meet are like, when can it come here? I have a girlfriend that's like, the only reason I'd ever moved to LA is so that I could be part of the Amplify Collective. That's like, amazing. <laughs> we have women that want this so desperately, like so mm -hmm. desperately. Women feel so alone. We think we, we, we can't have support or we don't know how to have it or women are so competitive and Tyson, I don't subscribe to any of that. It's just, it's nonsense to us. And so we are adamant about creating this in LA and really getting some good stuff behind us. You know, we have some expansion plans. Next year, we'd love to get like a publicist and start a national press campaign so that people know we're coming before we get there. Um, oh, and ideally, once we conquer uh, LA and New York, then the rest of the country is just going to be easy. Well, I think it speaks to the testament of how hungry women are for connection. 
I mean, are y'all yeah. finding that as y'all are bringing these groups of women together? I mean, That's look why at women join. Yeah, the the traditional networking is created by men. It's a it's a boys club, and it's what works for them. It's what allows them to you know men are they, not to stereotype. Not all men are like this. I completely acknowledge that. But when you see two masculine males come together, it's almost like you can see the bullhorns like fighting each other, like seeing who's strongest. Right? They love that. They love out competing each other and appearing like better and 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 having that. Type of conversation. Whereas women, we connect in a totally different way. And so if you look at now the way that women are expected to connect, it's through the, the, the networking style that men have created. And so Brie and I are like, what if there's a different way? What if there's a way that actually feels good for us? What if there's a way that, you know, we can connect and create relationships that last long beyond exchanging a business card and hoping to hear from that person again? Yeah, I love that. Now, what are y'all noticing are the differences in how women connect when y'all are bringing them together? We're much more like we lead from our hearts. We don't lead from our heads. So our women, like, so our whole premise is we don't care what you do. Not that we don't care, but like, it doesn't matter what you do. Mm -hmm. And we lead from, let me get to know you as a woman yeah. Let me get to know who you are, what drives you, what motivates you, how you show up in the world. And then, you know, we have all our women do all different things in our groups. So then when someone needs something like a service, they come to our group for a referral because yeah. they would much rather do business with someone that they know, love and trust than someone that they meet at a, at a networking event for five minutes and get a business card or go on Yelp and read the reviews or whatever those things are like. We do it the opposite of men. Like men are okay doing business and then developing a relationship. Women, it's so important for us to develop that relationship first and then do business. It's yeah. just how we're wired. Like we're community people. We, I want to work with people that are awesome. And I need to know that before I enter into any sort of agreement with them. Like Thais and I were friends long before we ever made our partnership agreement and decided to actually commit to this work together. So we just, we do it a little backwards and the traditional way of networking just doesn't work for us. And yeah. the, one of the criteria that we have, because people come up to us all the time asking us to speak at our events or to partner with us. And one, we don't really do speaking at our events. We want our, event, our women to come all on an equal basis versus one woman being on this pedestal of sharing her knowledge. Not that there isn't an incredible insight to that. That's just not what we do. But we always invite the women who want to partner with us to join one of our events first. We want to get to know you as a person first, even if your movement sounds amazing, even if your business branding is on point, like we want to know the heart and soul of who you are before we decide to partner with you. And we find that that, that allowing our intuition to guide us and, and to use our emotions and what's very, very strong within women is, you know, to be team players and, and to listen and, and to be supportive of one another when we can have, when you can access that the business flourishes in, in such a greater capacity than, than if we didn't do that. Yeah. That's what I actually want to ask you guys about next is what are the benefits that you're noticing that community is having on the women that, you know, you're connected with? Well, to start with business is getting done. 
you know i mean you think oh well this is such a, a prissy way like this isn't this isn't effective and it is it's highly effective the women are getting business done they're finding clients they're finding collaborations you know we have women in our collective who have entered a mastermind together like they're finding ways of supporting one another um, but, but, but on a deeper basis, on the premise of supporting one, one another, of not having this idea that it has to be competition over collaboration. Mm -hmm. And that's been just the most amazing thing to watch. And I think the other thing I would add is, you know, Tice and I shared a business coach last year and what she would always drill into us was feel good, sign clients, feel good, find clients. Like a lot of times we think that if we do the business first, then we'll feel good. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's actually backwards. If we feel good, then the business will come. Yeah. And so that's what our women are doing. Like we get them together to be women, to have fun, to connect in community, to laugh, to, you know, joy, to all of these things. And they feel amazing. And as a result of feeling amazing as a woman, their businesses are flourishing. And it's just, that. it's this phenomenal, like, it's like new. This is a new idea. <laughs> it's not new, but it's like this whole backwards mentality of how business gets done. But well, it's totally working. I think you're really tapping into, like, the soul of a woman, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, when exactly. we're really feeling fulfilled, when we're feeling seen, and I think that's, like, the, huge, the hugest part of all of this is, you know, what I see online from you guys is that you're bringing together women so that they feel seen. And when we feel seen, yes. there's a huge component of feeling loved, feeling worthy, of feeling powerful and capable. You know, when other women are seeing us and supporting us, like we do feel like we can cultivate just that extra bit of courage that we need to really pursue that thing that scares us. Don't you think? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, part of what we love to talk about at our events is that it's introvert friendly. And <laughs> the reason why we love to say that is because there are a lot of women, even if they don't claim that they're introverts, that don't have a comfortable time going up to somebody and preaching. You know, they don't have a comfortable time going up to someone and touting how good they are. And that's what we expect from a networking event. You know, it's constantly thinking of what can I get from this person? What can this person um, do for me? And um, how can I show up in a way that really is impressive for them so that I'm on this really awesome pedestal and they'll want to hire me. And so when we remove the what you do component of our connection and we encourage our women to show up as who they are, it makes it easier for women to go up to one another and ask instead of like, oh, so what do you do? Ask, what are you passionate about? What are you excited about? What's the win that you, you're you know, experiencing this week? Or what, what hike did you go to last week? Or where in LA do you live? It just, it feels easier for women to connect in that capacity. And so none of the women in our community, in our events, stand off by themselves on the side playing with their phones. Like we do not, we do not allow that to happen. If Very that's happening, we're not doing our job. Yeah. I love that. Now, now from both of y'all's perspectives, Building feminine relationships, is this something that y'all have always done very easily? Is this a skill that you've, you've no way. wired in your <laughs> nope. life? I mean, tell me the backstory about this. So Tice and I both talked about, and I'll let her share her story, but we were both like very, very much more comfortable with men, which is mm -hmm. funny. Like I was raised by a single mom. My grandma helped raise me. Like I was around a lot of feminine energy growing up. But um, when I like got into college, I only hung out with men. And I was in a sorority, but I didn't want to hang out with them. 
And a lot of it was because we're told how we're supposed to show up. You know, we're told as women, it's supposed to be catty and you're supposed to, you know, mm -hmm. argue and it's supposed to be all of these things. And I just have ha always had zero tolerance and I'm like, screw that, not interested, not engaging in that. So I'll just remove myself from that and go hang out with the boys because they're cool. Yeah. Like they don't mm -hmm. talk about all the stuff that you guys talk about that I just frankly don't care about. And so this is something that I've had to build for myself. And it's something that I've had to take a conscious stand for like the type of women that I'm choosing to hang out with. You know, I choose not to hang out with women that are in that competitive energy. Mm -hmm. Choose not to hang out with women that are going to cut each other down. And like the, the boiling crab analogy where all the crabs are in the pot and any one of them that tries to come out, the other ones will pull him back down. Yeah. I, I choose not to hang out with women like that. Is that a new, that's a new analogy. <laughs> we got to start using that more, Brie. <laughs> Brie, well, Brie started the whole uh, spaghetti against the wall, and now like that's something that we say all the time. Like <laughs> throw spaghetti against the wall, yes, and I, we gave, we even gave a talk, and in the middle of our talk, I was like, okay, can we hold on a minute? Do people actually throw spaghetti against the wall? And all these people raise their yes. hands. <laughs> yes, I so love my analogy. So, so yeah, I choose not to hang out with women that are like going to try and pull me down. Like I'm just not interested in that. And that still exists, and that's fine. Those, those women can absolutely still exist. And I chose to make something new for myself. I chose mm. to hang out with the women like Thais and like the women in the Amplify Collective who are actively building each other up. And when someone is feeling like they can't get up, you know, we get down and we do the thing where you like hold and they like, they step and you help them up. That's mm. what we do. Mm. And so, no, I haven't always had friends with, with women. And now, not only do I have friends with women, but I'm very purposeful about the kinds of women that I bring into my life. And I feel like we're all just kind of paving the way for the crab pot women to make different, <laughs> different choices, different decisions. Like we're showing them what's possible. It doesn't have to be like that. We can that. all help each other rise up without feeling the need like, oh, well, if they rise up, I'm not going to be able to rise up. So they have to come down with me. Exactly. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Thank you, Brie. When I was uh, when I was little, um, my mom used to tease me that I only like to be carried by men, and I didn't like when women held me as a baby. As a baby, I already had this um, negativity towards women, and that just exacerbated as I got older. And for me, the big shift was not necessarily on my ex in the external world because I did have a lot of judgments about women, and just like what Bree said, I thought men were cooler, they were more chill, they didn't worry about the petty stuff, and I thought all women like to do is gossip and shop. And um, I wanted something more than that. But what helped shift my perspective was really looking at where within me I was rejecting my own softness. Mm. And I was rejecting my own capacity to be a woman because there are traits that are defined by women or by the, by the feminine energy that I used to think were the very negative traits, like being soft, open, receiving. I thought that those were weaknesses. And the more I was able to embrace my own quote unquote weakness and, and fall in love with my softness and the part of me that is in the receptive capacity, the more I started to attract the type of women that really excited me.
and the female friendships that really empowered me. And I remember one of my goals when I moved to LA was to have more women mentors and to have more women that I felt I could learn from. And it's been an amazing experience and journey of I run a women's movement. I coach only women. I surround myself with only women. And they have taught me so much about my own capacity to love myself. I love that. Thank you for sharing that too. You know, I think with my story, um, I've, I've had a lot of heartache with feminine relationships in my life. And because of that, um, I don't know if there was a, like grudges that I had to release and forgive and, and let go or more so if there was a lot of fear around opening mm. my heart to, to trust other women again and to really um, build intimacy there. And so I think very typical of human, <laughs> human fashion, we, we tend to move very far away from things that scare us. And so mm -hmm. I went in the opposite direction of like, no girls, no relationships, like I don't even want to open myself up to it. But I started to realize that I really longed for that. Like there was a really deep craving in me to have um, a deeper sense of sisterhood. And so mm -hmm. learning to open myself up to that again was a very vulnerable thing for me. And learning to build healthy trust and healthy balance and healthy connection and communication within those relationships has been one of the most transformative things I've ever done. It's still one of the things that I am most proud of, of my whole life, because that was such a very like fear, um, fearful thing for me. And I had to run, like go through a lot of heartache in order to, to heal and be vulnerable again. So the fact that, thank you. I mean, the fact that y'all are really bringing women together and it, to build that intimacy, to build that sense of sisterhood, I just think that it's so powerful, not only for our success, because of building that type of feminine leadership where we're really helping that other woman up, right? We get to one level, we bring another woman up with us, and it just kind of creates this really positive ladder. But also just from like a heart space of being of being seen and held by another woman. I mean, that is something that you, you can't compare with another man. I mean, you just can't. Mm -hmm. I say that my relationship with Brie is more important than our business. Mm -hmm. And that has given us a very healthy perspective on what is our priority. Mm -hmm. And as you said that, Megan, first off, thank you for sharing. That was so beautiful. And as you said that, I realized that my friendship with Brie, I think is one of the most one of the most things that I'm proud of yeah. um, because this relationship is not easy mm -hmm. and we both have very hard, strong, powerful personalities. It's not like we balance each other out. Like one's more type B and one more type right. A, you know, we're both very, very strong, make shit happen sort of individuals. And so having to learn how to communicate, how to have boundaries, how to, express my feelings. I'm a sensitive person. I get hurt easily, you know, and then I'm like, well, but I don't want to be that one is always sensitive. And <laughs> I don't want to, you know, refuel, but you know, all the things totally. from expressing our truths. And yeah. in this friendship, she's taught me so much just by being there and by being amazing, but also just by being there, what it looks like to express myself, what it looks like to be held in a container of unconditional love so that I can express my truth without her taking it personal. And we've been really an amazing mirroring for each other and where we need to heal. And I've seen that because of my friendship with Brie, I've been able to show up more stronger in my other female friendships as well. Man, like that, and that so speaks to the transformation like that happens when you're in a really beautiful friendship like this. Like, 
there's nothing like it. What were you going to say, yeah. Brie? Um, first, thank you. You know, I love you. Um, and I totally agree. Like I, and I say all the time, like I wouldn't be the woman I am today. I wouldn't be succeeding, seeing the successes in my personal life and in my business. If Thais and I hadn't formed this friendship. Yeah. Like I would not be half of who I am today without having her in my life. Mm -hmm. And so much of it is that like Thais and I have the kind of relationship where we don't get to hide. Like she was in France, mind you. So she was <laughs> nine time zones away and I was just having a really off day and I get this message from her that's like, is everything okay? And I was like, how can you feel me from France? <laughs> like, just leave me alone. And I do the same thing to her where she'll be have, you know, she'll be going through some stuff and I'm like, what do you need? How can I support you? And she's like, can you just not like not make me show up today? And it's beautiful. I mean, we joke that like we yell at each other, but it's beautiful because we get to be greater versions of ourselves through our connection and through our friendship. And I also have never had a friendship like this before. It's always been, you know, that I don't feel like I can fully talk to the other person or I don't feel like I can fully share my experience or if I say this, it might hurt them or all of these things. And Tice and I just have a very clear understanding that whatever we bring to the table is not about us. Like if she's upset about something, it's not about me. Yeah. I may have triggered something within her, but it's not about me. And so we have a very, very, very strong rule not to take anything personally it and to see like, the other person and support. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, it sounds like to me, y'all both pull each other towards the light. And I mean, that's, <laughs> I don't think it gets any better than that. But the other thing that's coming up for me is a lesson that I learned in my own life is that when I started treating my friendships almost like I would a romantic relationship, like all the dynamics mm -hmm. that go into maintaining a healthy relationship, like the communication, the boundaries of being able to work through conflict, being able to voice your hurts and being able to not take things personally, like all of the tools that we use in our romantic relationships, I have found are directly applicable to helping build healthy yes. friendships. And when we really like stand in it from that perspective, like they're, they're, we create, we co-create this beautiful reciprocal dance with each other. And it is like, they're, they're so fulfilling. I mean, it just it makes your heart just like explode, you know, that you can be so open and see somebody and know that they see you too. Mm -hmm. Thais calls me her wife. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, I have a husband, I have a wife, I have a kid, and I don't have really any of those things. I have a good friend, I have a partner, I have a dog, but like, I'm like, I'm all set. I have all of the things I need in life. When it's just so funny because Brie and I aren't special. Like, we, like, yes, I feel like our relationship is very special, but it started off just as a, as a normal friendship that we just cultivated and infused with love and decided to continue to communicating and showing up even when things got tough. Yes. You know, the relationship we have now, the soul sistery, the ability to show up and support each other only came when we really committed to being in communication. Cause there were plenty of times that we could have been like, you know what, this is getting annoying. I'm out, you know, I'm done. She irritated me. Like, I'm just not going to talk to her anymore. And when we do that, we do that a lot. We look at friendships like they're expendable. Like we can just throw them away and just yeah. get a new one. And relationship of any capacity that actually creates something meaningful takes work. And that's, that's what you're seeing you as in the world, right? In our friendship is work. 
us fully committing to work every single day. I love that. Oh, I just, I love this conversation. I'm so glad the <laughs> conversation went here because I think it's so important. You know, I know I'm not the only woman that has struggled with female relationships. I know a lot of us do. And I think a lot of times we kind of give up that it's, it's available to us, but we also don't realize like what it actually takes to build and cultivate a rich, meaningful relationship with another woman. And it is, it has added so much to my life. And I can tell that you each add so much to one another's lives just from a personal level, not to even mention professional. So I would love to start talking a little bit about joy from y'all's perspective. Um, you know, one of the things I'm really trying to put forth on this podcast moving forward are some tips that any woman can use to start creating more joy in her life, whether that be making lifestyle changes, um, building healthier relationships, or really pursuing her purpose and passion. So I would love to hear what y'all's three tips are. Awesome. Yeah. So we came together, we were together yesterday. And so we put together our three tips together. So our first tip is to do fun things. Yes. So get out of your comfort zone. Like get out of your comfort zone and go do something that you've always wanted to do, but maybe you've said like, oh, I can't, yeah. or, oh, that's not possible for me or whatever it is. And like, get out of your normal routine and go do something new. That's fun. Like for me, my next thing that I want to do is suspension yoga. I want to hang from the ceiling and like do all these crazy things. I've never done it before, but for me, like the idea of it sparks this joy within me. So find something that you've never done before. Get out of your routine and go do something out of the ordinary. I love that. Uh and to piggyback off that, our second tip is to make sure that you're scheduling time when you're not talking business. Mm -hmm. Schedule time when you're, and that's to anyone. That's for me and Bree. That's for my partner. That's for my dog. Like I am very purposeful of when I'm not working or when I'm not in a relationship or conversation that has to do with work, that we don't talk about work. Yeah. And this is something that Brie and I are still working on on a daily basis because it's very easy for us to start not talking work and then remind each other of something that's happening in Amplify and then we go back to not talking about work and then we like mangle everything up and everything just becomes <laughs> one part of that. But we've found that when we do disconnect from work and we spend time together and getting our nails done without talking about work, it creates this sort of space in our lives. We're not just work. I do not want to be identified just as an entrepreneur. Like I'm so much more than that. You know, there's so many aspects of my life that I don't show people that I want to be kept as my own. So why am I obsessing over this one aspect of my life every minute of my day? <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that that goes for like any type of relationship. Like I imagine, and I'm sure we can all relate to this, like when we're home with our significant other and it seems like our conversations are only about the bills or the things that we need to get done. It's like, we're spending way too much time like adulting yes. <laughs> and you can only connect so, so deep when you're just in the to do's of life. So I think that's really, really a great tip. Love it. So let's hear the third one. Our last tip is developing a practice. So Tice and I are both very purposeful about our own practices. Both of us have a practice in the morning. Um, but we always say like, it doesn't matter when you do it. It honestly doesn't matter what you do. But having like a dedicated 30 minutes to an hour every day where you're just tapping into your heart, you're tapping into your energy, the universal energy, like 
and just really getting clear on like aligning yourself with whatever it is that you want in your life. And so, you know, for Thais, it looks very different than it looks for me, but the purpose of it is the same. So whatever you need to do to have a practice in your life, be it yoga or reading or journaling or meditation or chanting or taking a walk or like whatever it is, just have one and enjoy it. Like create that space every day just for you. So many women don't make time for themselves. Yeah. And it's very imperative. To have joy in your life, you have to prioritize yourself. Yeah. You know, I think for me, like the most benefit, like the biggest benefit I think from having a practice like that is that alignment's kind of a, becoming a buzzword. I don't know if y'all are picking up on that too. Oh, yeah. um, I'm teaching. <laughs> but I think one of the things that's really important for creating more joy is to make sure that you're communing with your soul. You know, your soul is, is your authentic voice. And I think sometimes when life gets too busy and we're not checking in with that part of ourselves, we start making decisions without really checking in. And before we know it, decision after decision, and sometimes even little baby decision after baby decision, we find ourselves in this life and it just doesn't feel as good. So that practice of really making time to connect inward, I think helps us make, be more intentional with the decisions that we are making that really are coming from our true authentic voice. So there's a theory called the attachment theory. Um, and it's a theory for parenting that, that kids require a healthy level of attachment to their parents in order to feel the freedom and the confidence required to go out into the world. And it's becoming very quickly an instrumental um, psychological understanding of the child um, and their ability to to grow up as a healthy adult, right? So they used to like separate the child and the adult and put them in boarding schools and, and the child was not allowed to speak and all these sort of things about how the child should not even really exist until they're adults. And we saw that that doesn't really create the most peaceful world. And um, the way I like to see it is when a kid is at the playground with their mom and their mom is like reading on the bench, the kid will go out into the playground and every once in a while he'll come back, he'll touch his mom, like, hey mom, did you see that? And then they run back out. And the more consistent that he feels that his mom is, that his mom is there watching him, being the, the further he feels confident being able to go further and further out. And so I like to see that with our soul. As adults, we have a, a need to be attached to this divine soul part of us, this higher self. The more that we can touch base within ourselves on a more consistent basis, the more our decisions, the further the success that we can go. Yeah. And so it's so important for us to spend time touching base, coming back. I love that base. analogy so much, so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it really does. that's what like, helps us build more courage. to do. I mean, it's, it's so easy to see that that parallel. Thank you, Tice. Because, you know, as a young child who's coming in to check base with their parent, what they're really doing is saying, am I okay? And yes. okay. And so then, yes, I am okay. And I can go and take more brave steps. And I think yes. that's such, such a great idea for checking in with your soul in the same way of kind of, it's like a little courage pick me up to go and try a little bit more or step outside of our comfort zone more and more. Because you feel safe. That's the whole yes. point is you feel safe. And the more you feel safe in your body, in your life and who you are, the more you can go out there without worrying about what people think about you. And the more you can go out there and speak your truth and be seen because you feel safe within yourself. And that type of safety is everything. You can't do anything unless we feel safe. 
Yes. No, I love it. Those are three phenomenal tips, ladies. Thank you. So as we look forward into the rest of 2016, which I feel like is going to be here before we know it, (laughs) what, what is on the radar for the Amplified Collective? So we have a mixer coming up in Los Angeles in October, um, and that'll be around 40 women um, at a boutique in Venice. Uh, So that's really exciting. And of course, we have our monthly member events. Um, We're doing a really fun members-only event. We're doing an astrology party in October, and then we're doing a DIY spa night in November, which I'm really excited about. We're going to make like scrubs and like things and oils and all the fun stuff. So those are for our members only. Um, And then in December, we're hosting a big holiday soiree, which we are like so excited about. We want it to be extravagant and beautiful. We want our women to dress up and feel fancy and bring their dates and just feel like they're they're ending the year with like their sexiest selves. Oh, I (laughs) love it. I love it. This all sounds so much fun. Of course, we're wrapping season one of our podcast. Um, in November, and then we'll be relaunching our podcast season two in January. Congratulations on that. Now tell everybody the name of your podcast. It's Be Amplified. Yes. And what kind of topics do y'all explore? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. answer. We talk about everything. Bree and I, we do not um, hide anything. If anyone has a question for us, we answer it as honestly as we know how. So that's the same as our podcast. Like we've talked about sex. We talk about funnels. We talk about, you know, being authentic. We talk about everything, money, debt, all the conversations that's necessary to live an amplified life. Oh, I love it. You guys, thank y'all for being such a great model of friendship of, you know, really holding each other sacred. I, I get that so strongly from each of you. And I know that it adds so much joy to both of your lives to have this solid friendship and just, I mean, it's really the foundation of building this, this collective as y'all move forward and bringing more women into your circle. And I think that what y'all are doing is really, really important. So thank you for what you're doing and for being who you are. And I'm so glad y'all found one another. Yes. And thank you. Thank you for having us. You're amazing. Like we love the words that you've been dropping, like, you know, holding each other sacred. Like that's just divine right there. (laughs) Communing with your soul. Tyson and I have actually been messaging each other, all the things that you're saying. I actually messaged her and I was like, we need to transcribe this whole interview (laughs) because she's brilliant and we need to use her words in our marketing copy. Like, oh my gosh. So (laughs) Megan, thank you for your brilliance. (laughs) It's an honor. Very much so. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining me today and we will be in touch soon. I love what y'all are doing. If I make it to LA, I'm coming to that soiree, girls. I yes. love it. Come. Come join us. <laughs> Yay. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining for us for another episode on Enough of this Revolution. We will see you again soon.